Okay, you heard her. We're recording. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and our regular Monday guest, Jason Cameron, joining me. We had an awesome weekend. We got to hang out a bit and yep. uh, lots of great sports to break down today. Uh, both you and I are kind of zombie-like. We've had way too long of a day with too much going on, so it's going to be yeah. a shorter podcast tonight, but still going to be lots of fun. Uh, lots of cool stuff to cover today. Yes, yes. A lot of good stuff. A lot of cool stuff. And we had a great weekend. That is for sure. Yeah, It was a fun time. Great night of fights. Yes. Yeah, I'm really glad we could make that happen. Uh, last pay-per-view of the year and two title fights on the docket. And we had the biggest upset in ufc history uh absolute shocker nobody 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 really actually believed that pena could win except herself and she was able to dethrone the goat uh actually take the belt from her uh sub submit her with a rear naked choke and everything and uh the shockwaves are still happening around the combat world as they should I, 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 I was shocked. I was shocked. I, like, I was just like, is, is this really happening right now? Like, it was shocking. It was yeah. just shocking. Like, it was like, I, I, I didn't have, I couldn't express it with words on how shocked I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, there was two, uh, two guys at the table next to us that bet on her and, uh, lucky guys, uh, it was 10 to one odds, uh, for a hundred bucks, you're winning a thousand. So uh, supposedly they won five of their bets, and you know that's that's up into like triple digits types of money. Uh, maybe ten G's uh, win over something like that. Uh, if you can do a parlay with five bets like that, uh, you're gonna you're gonna come out pretty happy. They were they were jumping around, uh, lots of joy that night. Yeah, they were jumping for joy, and as they should, because if you had a parlay with Pena who was like, what was it? A thousand? Yeah. Like a thousand one odds. <laughs> like, like where? Okay. So if you put money on her, like there's no chance she should win. Like they, <laughs> they gave her no chance. No, None. man. Yeah. Well, uh, what, what happened? What happened to Nunez? Uh, worst performance I've ever, ha I've ever seen from her. Uh, she tapped to something that didn't even look locked in. It did not look below her chin. Uh, she didn't even try to fight it off once it went to the ground. Um, what happened to her? She accepted the position. It was it was almost as if she was looking for any excuse to not continue the fight. Yeah. Like it was it was it was super surreal and weird. Like it was just I don't know if it was just a bad night at the office. Maybe that's it. But it didn't look like the Nunes that we're used to seeing. No, seems like, like it didn't look like her at all. I, I hate conspiracy theorists and I hate when people say, Oh, the fix is on. And I don't watch combat sports cause it's all fixed and da, 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 predetermined. And I've had to, you know, slough guys off for years and say, you know, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. But uh, that to me was one of the moments where I wondered if, there was a fix in there. If it was like, throw this, we'll have an immediate rematch. It'll blow it up. You're just beating everybody all the time. 
we it's no good for the sport uh you know i don't i i really actually can't think deep down inside my heart that the usc would say that to her but um it just made me question could that have been fixed ah it's a good question because we've never seen a fight like that we haven't seen a fight like that like ever like in three four years she's never fought like this and it was just it was like looking at somebody else fighting to be honest with you like it was like looking at somebody else fighting and I, I still don't know what I was looking, watching. Like it, it looked like she almost didn't want to be there. Yeah, you know what I mean, she just didn't want to be there. Like, ah, oh, it was super weird. Very she, she's rich all, you know. She's she's rich all over. She's got millions of dollars. But do you think in Brazil, which is you know had a lot of corruption, had a lot of tough things, do you think that someone could have came and convinced her that? You hand me a hundred thousand dollars to lose, and this is your payout. It's a million dollars because it's ten to one odds. A yeah. million dollars, and you know, I'll get a cut of whatever it is. And you throw this fight, and you know, you're gonna double your money. Two hundred thousand, it's two million. Three hundred thousand, we're talking three million. Uh, the UFC runs the risk of this type of crap because they don't pay these fighters enough. And, you know, if somebody comes and says, Hey, like, you know, if you risk half a million, you're going to win 5 million. If you throw this, like it's starting to worry me at times because these fighters, most of them aren't paid enough. Uh, You know, champs like Amanda Nunes, you know, she's probably been paid, you know, tens of millions maybe over her lifetime but maybe not i don't really know it would be nice to know what her net worth is but she's got a kid now she's maybe gonna start thinking about leaving the sport and somebody comes with an offer like that yeah maybe it's too hard to refuse maybe you know even like cartel come and say this is what's happening if not you know we're gonna harm your family like i don't know man it was just I, I, I've never seen a champion give up like that. And especially yeah. the lioness, the greatest of all time female fighter. Uh, it just was bizarre. So bizarre. It was, it was bizarre. Like, yeah, it was, it was surreal. It was bizarre. It just didn't even make any sense. Like it was just, there was so many things that happened where I'm just like, what's this, what is going on? Like, it, it was just, it was odd, man. Yeah. It was odd. And then even when, when Pena sunk in the rear naked choke, and and I and I lose that term loosely sunk in because it wasn't sunk in. No. She, I think she had it around her chin. Like she should have been able to get out of that, yeah, if she wanted to. Yeah. No? yeah. She already. She you know she's a champion in another weight class, and that's great. Um, she hasn't been uh, defending the title very much lately on both sides, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. It was just so bizarre. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, at some point everybody's beatable, but she hadn't been showing, you know, a little bit of, she hadn't shown rust. She hadn't shown uh, that she's losing it. She's been in too many wars. There hadn't been any examples that made us think that, you know, this was a possibility. And um, yeah, good on Pena. You know, if this was, legitimate win wow you know fantastic she's gonna go down in history with one of the biggest if not the biggest upset in the in the sport 
And uh, yeah, she'll be the champion for a little while. Uh, I would think an immediate rematch will have oh, to yeah. be scheduled sometime early 2022. Or... Oh, yeah. Uh, immediate rematch. Immediate rematch. So, okay. So if we do see the immediate rematch, which I'm pretty sure we will, yeah. what version do we see? Do we see that? Yeah. Or do we see the lioness just come out and just wreck her? Like, I, I don't, I don't even know anymore. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, mm. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. You know, I hate to rain on the parade and, you know, it was great. We've seen some big upsets in history. We saw Matt Sarah beat George St. Pierre, you know, really massive upset. Uh, Ronda Rousey at the time was everyone think she was unbeatable. Nobody's going to be able to take her out. Uh, Nunes mm. definitely did Holly home first and then Nunes did, but, um, yeah, this one really came right out of left field. Uh, you know, you and I on our podcast a week ago, were just like, no, you know, Pena just really doesn't have a chance. No other women except Shevchenko's really ever had a chance. So, yeah. Um, but it was, but it was bizarre. That's for sure. All I can keep saying is it was just, uh, so I just didn't believe what I was witnessing with my eyes. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I, I I give all the credit to Penny and the world for winning the fight, but it wasn't like I was seeing this 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 upgraded, ridiculous, godlike version of Pena fighting Nunes. I, I didn't see that either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what about the uh, the main event? Uh, two guys really at the pinnacle of their career. I was excited beyond belief to see this fight. Uh, I just felt like, um, you know, this could be, go down as one of the greatest championship fights in history. And, uh, you know, both guys were on meteoric rises and, uh, but one that night was definitely by far the better fighter. Charles Oliveira really uh, proved that uh, he's been able to get to that, level and you know he was able to stay there and 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 really 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 was the better fighter that night yeah he was and he and he proved something else he's extremely durable yeah he got knocked down like a lot yeah. <laughs> that first round like it, early on he almost he almost lost the fight right there yeah like it was reminiscent to the last fight he just had against right. champ like it's yeah. like oh my god yeah. like he's he's in trouble resilient and, yeah very resilient and, very resilient, manages to get through that, and then all of a sudden dominates the next two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Poirier, uh, yeah, had him in trouble early, but, um, yeah, just wasn't able to uh, be the better man on the ground there. And, and uh, yeah, Oliveira, uh, yeah, was able to back up that championship win, which a lot of people weren't expecting him to get. Uh, it took him 28 fights to get there. This was 27 for Dustin Poirier, and there was a lot of symmetry. And I thought, wow, he's gonna he's gonna get his belt finally. Uh, you know, he I know he had an interim belt, but not the same undisputed. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was exciting fight for sure. But um, yeah, Oliveira remains the champ, and it's gonna be hard to knock him off the perch. Yeah, it is. It is. And I love the fact that Oliveira goes, well, you know what? I don't think the stand-up thing is working, so I'm just going to take him to the ground. And like, so he switched it up quick, especially yeah. in the second round. So the smart move on his part, obviously, um, it's mixed martial arts. You yeah. can fight a man in many different ways. And Charles Oliveira is exceptional at fighting everybody 
any different way that you want to fight them. Yeah. So. Uh, I really wish I would have met those guys before we sat down that night because they, you know, obviously had a good bookie, a good way of, you know, putting their bets in and stuff. And uh, I was, I think, six for six uh, that night. Uh, and oh. the, the person I was betting against was you. <laughs> and I kept uh, winning and winning and winning and yep. winning. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I bought a drink for the last, uh, you know, good three hours of my evening or so. And, uh, it ended up being pretty good. Uh, you know, I wish we would have had a little higher stakes, but you know, uh, drinking free is always good. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. No problem. No problem. I, I thought I was going to at least get one, like, just, but then go score for an offer an offer. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, all right. Fine. Yeah. Well, it started out with money, and then it just turned into drinks. And right. So I was, fine with, I was fine with that. And then I, I won the ultimate, ultimate, uh, not breaking the seal. Uh, man, I, I lasted a long time, and even all those free drinks kept coming, and I just, you know, I don't know. I had superhuman bladder that night. It was amazing. No, you, you really did, because I'm, I'm pretty good, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm probably going to go to a hospital if I don't go. Like, I, I got to go right now. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, friendly wagering, uh, $5 each and turned into drinks. And uh, yeah, I was kind of happy about that. Uh, it re- reduced the amount of money I was spending that night quite by quite a bit. Yeah. It increased mine by quite a bit. So it was, it was good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to do it again. Well, you'll be able to get your revenge uh, sometime in 2022. Yes. Um, okay. Well, uh, why don't we just uh, highlight some of the big uh, events, uh, some of the other fights. Um, great battle between Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, I knew this was going to be an amazing battle and it was razor thin, really, really, really close. Uh, Neil ended up getting that third round and getting his hand rates 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards. Um, great fight. Oh, it was a great fight. Great fight against uh, two ranked um, ranked, uh, ranked opponents. And like you said, it was so tight. It was so close. Um, I thought Jeff Neal was going to have it because he just seemed a step. Just, just, just like a little bit better, just a step yeah. faster in right. some of his, uh, and with in his, in his attacks, his strikes, and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's just, and but it was so close, man. Yeah. Especially in the third round, where Ponzinibbio tried to make it dirty, make it more into a war, make it more into something where he yeah. could maybe catch him with something. But I thought that Jeff Neal's um, defense was tight. Yeah, and I thought his counters were crisp. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was. It was a great performance from him, uh, you know, against a very tough opponent that had been on a really good roll. So a huge victory for Neil in that welterweight division. And uh, I see some very tough opponents coming his way, but I think he can handle it. He looked great, really great. Uh, the, the Kai Kara France uh, uh, knockout of Cody Garbrandt was amazing. Uh, he, he put Cody uh, on skates and uh, Cody was just trying to fight for his life, but um, Kara France just was relentless. Uh, wouldn't let up until he got his hand raised. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I, I really like the fact that Kai Kara France really took it to him like that. My thing is, though, as I watched that fight, 
maybe him going down to that weight yeah. was too much. 125 stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it was just too much. Like I yeah. think, I think he was depleted. And I think, you know, when you lose too much weight, then you can weaken a lot of things, especially your chin. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I do question that maybe, maybe that was too much. And also too, when I saw him on the scales, he looked really dehydrated. Yeah. Like really, really dehydrated. So, yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think it was too much. Uh, I think, you know, his, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been having a bit of difficulties. He's been in so many wars, uh, you know, that, uh, I think when he gets clipped, uh, you know, he, he definitely feels it and, and doesn't respond very well. And I think he thought that, uh, you know, a weight class below, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the punches wouldn't affect them so much, but, um, the guys that, uh, come out of that camp, uh, city kickboxing in New Zealand, uh, a lot of tough guys coming out of there. Uh, he, he's going through wars, and, you know, all the time. And that, that camp has, uh, had an amazing amount of good results in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've, they've done very, very well. Uh, they've trained their fighters very, very well. And, uh, they're reaping the benefits of all of that hard work, all of that for sure. But, uh, Cody, unfortunately, one in five in his last six fights, Jeez, yeah. not good. It's no. not good, man. So I, I don't know what his, uh, where he goes here, yeah. but uh, he, if he if he does win soon, he might be out of the UFC. Yeah, period. Yeah. yeah, I could see, uh, I could see them parting ways. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure where, where his contract status is. I'll have to look that up. But um, yeah, he's been searching for something. I don't think the 125 was the answer. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what 2022 holds for Cody Garbrandt. Uh, former champ that's uh, really on hard times right now. Yeah. Struggling. Uh, okay. The fight that's kicked off the main card was sugar. Sean O'Malley, another highlight real knockout. Uh, he, he doesn't look like he could knock you out with the skinny arms that he has in the, you know, really lanky body, but uh, he sure uh, can light guys up and another really good performance from sugar. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked fantastic. He took apart Paiva. He just sniped him from distance, confused him with feints, switching his stances. Paiva didn't even know. I don't think he knew what was coming at him at any point in time in that fight. No. And so, and then he just, he just took him apart, sniped him from distance, hurt him badly, continued to keep hurting him until he got him out of there. Yeah. Very impressive win. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's got the personality. He's, uh, you know, been able to get really high relate real finishes. And and uh, I think, yeah, um, you know, we're going to see some uh, bigger and bigger opponents coming for him. And, uh, yeah, there'll be, I'm sure, a lot of ranked people coming. And we'll see if he can handle it uh, once the competition steps up a bit. But, yeah, he's sure been looking great. Uh, okay, let's fly through the prelims. Uh, we were both, uh, you know, we, we threw a bet down on Josh Emmett, Dan Ige. Uh, I was pretty confident in Emmett being able to be a bit better than Ige. Uh, you were like, hey, the guy names himself 50K. He's uh, always <laughs> getting those bonuses. And, and uh, yeah, so, I, uh, you know, I was questioning it at, at times. But, um, man, this was a really good close fight. But uh, I think Emmett definitely uh, won two rounds for sure. Yeah, he did. 
He did. And but I I'll give him I'll say for Ige, he definitely battled back in the second round, though. Yep. Made a very good acquitting of himself in that second because in the first he got hurt badly. Yeah. Like um definitely Emmett had the power advantage between the two. If there was an advantage, Emmett definitely had it. And uh, but uh for Dan Ige to fight himself back into that fight, I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah. Very impressed. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I, uh, Emmett had really uh, beat him up pretty good in that first round, but uh, yeah, great second round for Ige, but then Emmett came back and won that third round and took the decision. Uh, Dominic Cruz. Uh, a lot of people have wondered, you know, if he still has his heart in it, he's broadcasting now, he's not fighting very often. Uh, against a really tough opponent, Pedro Munoz. Uh, but Cruz looked good. Uh, his awkward style and, uh, yeah, the, the um, ability to come in and out, get the shots and, and uh, escape without damage, uh, another impressive win for him. And, uh, yeah, it sort of seemed like one of the Dominic Cruz of old fights. Yes, it, it, it did. But he was in trouble again in the first round. He had to show his... Uh, his warrior's heart, so to speak, sure. in that after that first round, because Munoz almost, almost had him out of there. Yeah. Almost. Yep. Super close to doing that. But then it was almost as if in the second and the third, Cruz had seen what he needed to see. So now he knew what to do. Yeah. And then and then Munoz really didn't hit him that much more after that. It was like that was his chance to take out Dominic Cruz, didn't capitalize on it, and then he didn't have another chance after that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Tai Tuavasa, another really highlight reel knockout from him. Got to do his shoey as usual. I uh, love love this guy. Fun personality. Yes, he he is awesome, and he 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 he's so exciting to watch because he, he just he just takes guys out, takes guys out, and then I think I'm more excited about the fact that. Okay, when is he going to do the shoey? When's he going to do that? Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's awesome. But Augusto Sakai was no joke. Tough fighter. Um, and Tuavasa basically just took his time, hunted him down, hurt him, yeah. took him out. Yeah, took him out. Yeah. Great performance. Um, Bruno Silva knocking out Jordan Wright to start the prelim card. Uh, yeah, he, you know, when he cracked him behind the ear there, uh, Jordan Wright was just all over. He tried his best to get back at it, but no chance at all. A big knockout there. Uh, early prelims, they weren't really showing much. Uh, we got a, a win from Jillian Robertson, Robertson, the Canadian. She got a submission win there. Uh, Ryan Hall got, got a win. Um, anything you want to mention on the early prelims, card? Um. No, I, the only thing is that uh, I think Ryan Hall's victory was uh, pretty impressive against a, a veteran, a real vet against uh, Derek Minner. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Ryan Hall is he's not a fun guy to fight. He, that is not a fun fight at no, all. No, no uh, kidding. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hell of a card. Uh, so many amazing things. Uh, the USC decided that they were going to give out six performance bonuses. So $300,000. Uh, Oliveira got one for his title win over Poirier. Juliana Pena deserved one and got one over Amanda Nunes. Sean O'Malley, Kai France, Taito Avasa, and Bruno Silva all won 50K bonuses. Uh, 
Uncle Dana was given a little bit of Christmas presents out, it looked like. Yeah, no, he gave out a lot of Christmas presents, which is good because Christmas is actually literally around the corner. So, yeah, always good to have some extra cash. Uh, okay, a couple of uh, not so great uh, news. Uh, American Top Team, they had a horrible night that night. Uh, oh, and four. Dustin Poirier, Amanda Nunes, Santiago Ponzinibbio, and Pedro Munoz all lost. Uh, I was thinking they were all going to win, probably. And uh, uh, I guess it's except Santiago. But, uh, man, holy cow, they uh, had a tough night. Uh, that team's uh, had a lot of champions. Has had a you know, phenomenal run recently. But uh, tough when you go 0-4 on the night, especially in two title fights, too. Yeah, really tough. It's uh, unfortunate that not one of their fighters could get a win. And uh, it, it doesn't happen too often, not for that uh, fight team, but it happened that night. Yeah. Um, the other bad news was that uh, Michael Chiesa was injured as he tried to get into the octagon to celebrate his teammate Juliana Pena's victory. Uh, he ended up um, getting uh, dragged out by the police. And uh, he, uh, Dana White said he just had partaken in a few too many beverages and uh, got himself injured as he um, tried to celebrate. Uh, I don't know if he got arrested. I didn't hear that. But uh, supposedly the, the police uh, threw him out of the arena. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... It happens. It happens. Because he was he was hot. he was a little deep in his cups, so to speak. So it happens. There was sure a lot of people jumping on uh, both Amanda Nunes and uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, a lot of people throwing a lot of jabs on social media to both of them. Uh, it was it was ugly this weekend. Oh really? I I I didn't I did not notice. I did not notice how bad it got for wow. both of them. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it it was it was bad, bad, bad. Um yeah, I <laughs> I I could just go on and on and on for hours, but everybody was jumping on them and saying how much Nunes quit and they were saying how Poirier uh yeah, he doesn't have it anymore and there's so many people were jumping on him. It was it was tough. So, I'm glad you didn't get on the social media over the weekend because yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. Uh, you know, jumping on them while they were down like that. No, no, no. There's no. There's no need to pile on, and especially with Poirier, yeah. his performance. Now he just got beat. He got yeah. beat by a better guy. Like, I don't. I don't. Th I don't see anything wrong with his performance because he damn near almost won. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, like he was like right there. Yeah. Now Nunes, on the other hand, well, that's uh that's another story altogether. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, we can put uh, 269 to bed. That was uh, a really fantastic card. Tons of great fights. Super glad we got together. Nice to see the boys and nice to have a fun night out. Uh, had a blast and can't wait to do it. I think January 22nd, good chance of doing it then. Uh, but we have a card this coming Saturday, the last card of 2021. Uh, there is a heavyweight tilt in the main event. We've got Derek Lewis against Chris Dawkins. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, Dawkins has looked phenomenal since his UFC debut recently. Uh, Lewis is always ready to, to fight, and um, he's 
He's got that one punch knockout power, the beast. Uh, this will be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, no, it will be great fight, great fight. Looking forward to it. Um, uh, the Black Beast is always super entertaining. <laughs> I love what that man has to say. So it's it should be a great, uh, great fight, great main event. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Boy fights uh, Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad. That'll be great. Uh, Ricky Simone against uh, Rafael Asunsao. Cub Swanson against Darren Elkins. That's going to be a war. Those two guys are always in wars. Uh, yeah, that's kicking off the main card. Uh, I'm glad the matchmakers put these two guys together. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that's just excitement in the, in the octagon, putting those two together, because Darren is going to bleed. And Cub's going to help him bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tons of great fights on the card. Uh, it's going to be a fun night. Um, last uh, last card of the year. I will be over on the island uh, watching it with my father and uh, my girlfriend and uh, whoever else. And, uh, yeah, I'll be enjoying myself. Uh, you might be uh, heading out to, you know, go see friends and family yourself out in Abbotsford, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I will be heading out that way for sure. Nice. I'm looking forward to this Christmas to actually see everybody that I would wa I wanted to see uh, that I couldn't see last uh, Christmas because yeah. of the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to the time off. I actually, I'm, I'm most certainly looking forward to the end of this week. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's it can't come soon enough. I think everybody's doing the countdown and uh, yeah, it'll be really, really nice to be finally done. We're going to take a little hiatus. We're going to be off for a couple of weeks from the podcast, give ourselves some time to be with friends and family and then yeah, kick it back up in the new year. But uh, yeah, this has been a phenomenal year of UFC, uh, really incredible fights. Uh, so fun to break them down with you. So fun to get together and watch them with you. Uh, man, I, I can't remember a year that's been this great uh, for the UFC. I think it's a banner year, and it just keeps getting better all the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a great year. Great year of fights. Uh, a lot of memorable fights for sure. And uh, I look forward to more in the new year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were you able to see the Lomachenko fight? Uh, uh, I I recorded it. I got to watch it. Um, he looked phenomenal. Got a, uh, a knockdown in the seventh round. Uh, dominated the fight. 119-111 uh, on two of the cards. And I think 117-113 on the other. And uh, um, yeah, just really looked absolutely phenomenal like he normally always does. And uh, it was, it was yeah, it was a good performance. I was impressed. Well, it's Lomachenko. Yeah, you, you're, you're going to be impressed watching that man fight. Uh, there was just, you know, like once he was fighting and he just kept going up and up in weight, there would have to be a time where he couldn't do it anymore. Sure. And that's when he that's when he ran into Lopez. And I yeah. guess that was his limit. That was it yeah. right there. But when he came back down, Richard Comey, great fighter, but Lomachenko's, eh, he's a little bit better. Yeah. So who's next? Who's next for Lomachenko? Uh, there's been lots of talk about a lot of different possibilities, but who would you like to see him fight? <sighs> I, I think he's in that weight category. Gravanta Davis. Yeah, yeah. 
that would be a great fight. Nice. I, I, I just like that fight. Um, that would that would be awesome to see him go up against that guy. I, I would like I would love to see that if that would be a possibility. There's lots of talk about him fighting uh, George Cambosis Jr. going to Australia and uh, trying to get that shot. Um, do you think that happens? That 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 could happen because uh, he just beat Lopez Teofimo. Uh, so that that is definitely a possibility uh, that he could get the belt back and then maybe do it again with Teofimo trying to get his trying to get his belts back. So possibilities are there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fights to be made for Lomachenko because well he's Lomachenko Lomachenko. So a lot of possible fights. Yeah, a lot of good fights on. Uh, on Saturday night uh, as well in the boxing world. Uh, I was happy that they were showing them on TV so I could record them. I came back late that night and watched them and uh, yeah, a little bit in the morning too. And yeah, it was uh, an amazing uh, night for the combat world. Uh, yeah. Incredible title fights. And yeah, it, Vegas was a rocking uh, on Saturday night. It was uh, incredible there for the uh, Mecca of the fighting world. Yeah, no, no, Vegas was definitely rocking. It's good to see that uh, Vegas is back, back on, so to speak. They're plugged back in, so good stuff. Amanda Nunes, how did she lose? The queen of the jungle, uh, 12-fight win streak, 10 finishes, 14 wins in that division, uh, nine USC title fights in her career, seven KOs, Six wins over current or former UFC champions, just on and on and on and on. The greatest of all time, and she did not look like that that night. No, she didn't look like that at all. She she didn't. She just looked off like it. Like it just I don't know. It was just the the worst version of Amanda Nunes we've ever seen. So, yeah. and I and I don't know what that means for her future. I don't know if it was just an off night. But I guess once uh, she gets her immediate rematch, which we believe that she will get, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, let's turn to NFL. We just finished watching the Monday Nighter. Uh, Barn Burner, a really amazing uh, matchup between the top team in, in the NFL, record-wise. Uh, Arizona Cardinals still uh, rocking along at 10-2. And, two, and uh, the oh. uh, LA, LA Rams uh, coming in just to – uh, trying to narrow that gap in that NFC West division and a uh, hell of a, hell of a great battle. Um, the, the cards almost pulled off a miracle. They got an onside kick in the last minute, but uh, they got a couple penalties, pushed them back, pushed them back. And then how does the game end with another Aaron Donald sack of Kyler Murray and uh, the Rams have crept into within one game in, in that division Push the cards from first in the conference down to the third seed. Uh, amazing win for the Rams. Yeah, that was uh, a great win by the Rams. Uh, they took it to the Cardinals. They 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 beat them in a game that was a must win, I think, yeah. uh, for the Rams. And uh, they did it. They managed to do it. Even when the Cardinals did recover that onside kick, which was just miraculous. <laughs> it literally was. It went between two Rams players, the ball. Yeah, and it's landed perfectly for the Cardinals. So you're thinking to yourself, "This is a great setup," but uh, they botched it. They botched uh, 
how they went about like uh, going through the progressions for like that last 30 seconds. Yeah. Like you, like you said, uh, why didn't Kyler spike the ball there? Eight seconds yeah. left when he took the last snap. They didn't have a play call. They were just going to wing it. And, uh, yeah, he, he ran around a little bit, but uh, got got taken down by the beast, who was Aaron Donald. Uh, three sacks tonight by him. And, uh, yeah, showing himself why he's one of the best defensive players in the league. And the Rams, you know, got to be one of the favorites when they got somebody like that on their anchor in their defense. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, uh, and then they got the, the stud in the back in the secondary with Jalen Ramsey. So they, they're looking good right now. Rams are looking good. Offense is looking good. And uh, they're dangerous. They can, they can beat the top teams. They have the ability to do that. They showed that uh, tonight against the Cardinals. And it wasn't just their defense. Their offense was great. Matthew Stafford, another phenomenal game, 287 yards, three touchdowns. Cooper Cup had a phenomenal game, career-high 13 catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. Odell Beckham had a great game, six catches, 77 yards and a TD. And Van Jefferson had the other touchdown. Sony Michelle ran the ball 20 times and yeah, their uh, offense looked really good. Uh, the cards had two picks. Uh, Kyler Murray threw two picks and they went for it on fourth down twice and were stopped by that Rams defense. Uh, that was definitely the, the reason why the Rams uh, got the victory. Yeah. Yeah. Their defense stepped up, uh, held Kyler Murray in check, so to speak, got the win. Yeah. Got a big win. Huge win. Massive. Uh, really, uh, yeah, changed the outlook on that uh, on that NFC. Uh, now the number one seed in the NFC is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, fresh off another Sunday night win over the Chicago Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers looked great again. And they, um, yeah, now they're first in the East after losing horribly game one. Now they're just running the table, looking uh, like a phenomenal juggernaut. And, uh, yeah, look out. Uh, they they are going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially at Lambeau Field there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they're, they're looking great. Uh, the Packers D kept uh, fields off balance for most of the second half, for sure. Rodgers, 29 to 37, 341 yards, four TDs. Thank <laughs> He's had a, he had a monster. He had nice a monster. Yeah. And then Adams, too, his favorite receiver, 10 receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah that combination is just phenomenal. Adams, uh, you know, probably the best receiver in the game. And uh, Aaron Jones also got a touchdown. A.J. Dillon had a lot of carries. Uh, he, he threw a touchdown to Lazard, one to Aaron Jones, got a touchdown on the ground and through the air. Um, that offense is, you know, very hard to beat. Yeah, they're they're prolific. It's a prolific offense with uh, an MVP caliber quarterback running it. So, Fields was just running for his life most of the game. Uh, there was one play late in the game, though. They uh, they did an onside kick and recovered it and ran it back for a touchdown. And they said, "No, you can't advance the ball. Great, you've got the ball, your possession." But I'm like. What the hell is that rule? Why does the NFL have so many stupid rules to take the fun out of the game? It's no fun league is just rearing its ugly head all the time. And why the hell would they not allow you to advance when you get an onside kick recovery? It's it's so stupid. 
Yeah, it, it, it is kind of baffling because it, it should be that you have the opportunity to score. And if you can't score, if you get tackled, you know, like, cause like that's usually how it works. Right. So I, I've never understood that rule. I never have. Yeah. I don't think I ever will. The, the same thing happened on a muff punt. Uh, one of the games yesterday, the guy muffed the punt. Uh, the other team recovered, ran it in for a TD. Nope. Nope. You can't advance it. Once you get it, it's there. Uh, I was just like, Jesus, what the hell is this? Uh, I saw three times yesterday, an illegal man downfield. I'm like, why can't you let a big guy run a little bit? <laughs> you know, there was a little bit of chaos happening in the backfield. And, and I think it was Russell Wilson. He was scrambling out of trouble. And one of the big guys ran like a yard or two past where he was supposed to. I'm like, why would you not let a guy run? Like he's 400 <laughs> pounds. He needs to run a little bit to keep himself in shape. And you're like, nope, he's downfield too far. Marches back 10 yards. Like, why would they even put a dumb rule like that in? What What is the point of that? I, I, I guess they're, what they're thinking is that they, you can't have too many receivers out there on the field, too many eligible receivers, I guess. But it's, it's a big man. It's not like he has, like, hand, hands of gold out there. You know what I mean? No, not going to yeah. be thrown to that guy. No, when I've got... <laughs> Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Heck, heck, yeah. I think I'm going to be tossing to those guys, not my linemen. So, yeah. uh, man, I, I was so frustrated. There was a taunting penalty yesterday that just killed me, too. Uh, it actually caused the Cincinnati Bengals to lose the game uh, against the Chargers. And uh, it was it was brutal. It was it was ridiculous. The guy the guy got the ball, intercepted the ball, and he just pointed at the guy as he was running by. Yahoo! And penalty. Now the uh, the other team got a first down and and won the game. And this, these taunting penalties, just uh, every week I'm seeing them, and I'm thinking like the offensive player is allowed to celebrate. He gets the ball. He goes like this first down. He jumps around. As soon as a defensive guy decides to celebrate, oh taunting. See ya. Boom. Like uh, it's 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 maddening. Like. I really honestly think that uh, NFL is going to lose millions of fans over the next few years because of all these dumb rules. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird double standard where the defense gets uh, punished for celebrating where the offense doesn't, they don't really get, they don't really get punished at all. So it's, and I don't understand why that is. I don't understand why they're doing it like that. Um, I, I think they need to, change the way that they officiate the taunting rule. I honestly believe that they should be doing that or looking into that because some, some of these penalties are just ridiculous. Oh my God. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. They're taking out hitting in the game. They're taking out the fun in the game. They're just, they're taking out fans in this game. And, and, you know, there's so many options for people to watch. Uh, yeah. Guys are always getting grief from their wives because they're watching football Sunday and they're not giving them family time. And, you know, you got to just see this stuff. The, the product is worsening. The athletes are getting better. We're seeing amazing plays all the time, but the product is worsening and worsening. And uh, they're going to lose fans. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, the league that has lost a massive amount of fans is the CFL. They had their Grey Cup on Sunday. 
uh, a friend of mine texted me and he said, it's just old white men that are watching this sport anymore. There's nobody else watching the CFL. Uh, they had, they lost an entire season because of COVID. Um, they had a great game on Sunday, an amazing showcase of a great game. And usually the gray cups are better than the super bowls. They're competitive. They're fun. The, this game went into overtime and it was really, really a fun game, but um, I don't think that many people were watching, unfortunately. I didn't even know it was on. No, I'm serious. Like I, like I, I got reminded and I was like, I, like I was, I was basically with our coworker Lyle in the, in the truck. And he goes, yeah, did you realize the great cup was on? I go, when? <laughs> like, I didn't know. Like, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't paying, literally paying any attention. And I, I think that's kind of a problem. You know, like that, that's, that's, that's not good. That's it's one of our Canadian sports. And if none of us are paying attention to it, that's not good at all. No, uh, I watched a ton of the pregame and, you know, it, it really started reinforcing the Canadiana. Uh, you know, I love seeing how many people travel from all over the country. They support their Eskimos, the Stampeders, the Riders all over. And they, they converge, they converged on Hamilton where the, the game was. Uh, I've been to lots and lots of great cups over the years and it, and it's a really good, good time. And, but uh, they've, they've really messed up this league and they've lost a huge generation of football fans. People love football in the U S high school, college and NFL is just massive. Football is massive, massive, massive down there. And it's crazy how minimized it has become here to where it's a fringe sport, really. Yeah, it, it has become that. People aren't paying any attention anymore. Like we just and, and I think obviously the pandemic didn't do them any favors. It made it worse. You know, like because like now there was a year where it just there was no CFL, there was no football. Yeah. So it wasn't in anybody's eye. Like, so now that it's come back, it, it's really hasn't gotten back into people's eyes. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine also told me that uh, they are considering doing four downs now instead of three. Uh, there was a lot of talk uh, the previous year about um, merging with the XFL. Uh I think maybe it's time that they become a, you know, a feeder league, a G league like the NBA has uh, to the NFL. Uh, I think, you know, the product probably would improve. We would probably get a lot more guys that are trying to showcase their talents to get in the NFL. And, and, you know, the, the Canadian players would just have to fight their way onto the rosters like they do in the NFL. I think, um, it's time maybe to make a big shift in the game and, and become, uh, you know, a, a feeder league to the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a bad idea because uh, I think more than one thing that we do lack up here, up North for this league is talent. Yeah. I think we lack talent. So that would increase our talent pool for the CFL if that were to happen. And uh, that might increase the watchability of the game here yeah. 108th great cup 108th great cup but not that many people were watching uh they had a phenomenal halftime show 
They had a lot of fun. You know, they really you know, made you proud to be a Canadian when you're watching it. But uh, serious troubles there. And uh, football, professional football, to me, is in is in trouble. Uh, they, yeah, it, it's getting bad. Uh, when they had those concussions um, lawsuit and they started taking away the, the hitting aspect of the game, I knew it was going to diminish the game quite a bit, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I sure hope uh, it doesn't go the direction that it seems to be heading. And it's, it's not fun for me to, to have to be mad all the time. I just want to be laughing, celebrating, enjoying amazing plays and, and watching the game, how it should be played. So, uh, okay. Let's talk about the, some of these division leaders still in the NFC uh, Tampa Bay uh, defending Super Bowl champions, obviously uh, another big victory. On Sunday, uh, Tom Brady setting records as always. Uh, the guy is just uh, shockingly amazing. I, I know that uh, it bugs you to have to talk about him and give him uh, credit, but uh, another 363 yards, another amazing performance. Uh, they were kicking the you know what out of the Bills early and let the Buffalo come back and actually force overtime, but. Um, Tom threw a great TD uh, pass in overtime to to get a win. Um, yeah, they're they're sitting up there ten and three, second in the conference, and uh, looking to defend their their championship. Yeah, they're looking great, but of course, it's like yeah, Brady's just awesome. So um, it, it it's really hard to win a game if you let a team go up twenty four to three in the first half. Kind of hard, kind of hard to win the game. But to the Bills' credit, they tied up that game. They forced overtime. And they gave themselves a chance to win. But, unfortunately, that is Tom Brady on the other side there. And he's like, well, hey, impressive. You gave yourself a chance to win. Now I'm going to crush you. (laughs) I'm going to crush you. And that's what he did. Again. Yeah, he's uh he's now 33 and 3 in his career against the Bills. Uh they, they had a list of guys that he's beat, quarterbacks that he's that he's faced against Buffalo. Uh yeah. this, these are the guys. Okay, so we got Josh Allen, Derek Anderson, Tyrod Taylor, Kyle Orton, Thad Lewis, G G G Manuel, EJ Manuel, Trent Edwards, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kelly Holcomb. J.P. Usman, Drew Bledsoe, Rob Johnson, and Alex Van Pelt are all victims of Tom Brady. And 33-3, and that is owning a franchise. That is owning a team. Holy cow. When I saw those numbers, I was, I guess I wasn't shocked, but uh, wow, uh, poor Buffalo. Every time Brady comes in there, it's not going well. No, it's not going well. I... You know what? Now, now that you've just said that, I wonder actually how many teams have a winning record against him. Yeah, it's probably a none. very, very short list. If I not, would, I would say none. I, I would say none. I don't yeah. think so. No, I don't think I don't think that exists. I don't I don't think so because he's he's that good, and I still can't believe I say it when I say it that he's going for the eighth his eighth yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Eight. Amazing. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, he has he has these weapons we talk about, Godwin and Evans and Gronk. Uh, yeah. Fournette's been great on the ground, but Brashad Perryman becomes the hero in overtime. He hadn't caught a ball all game long, and suddenly Tom's like, oh, let's call Brashad. Let's get him some glory. <laughs> 58-yard pass down the sideline. Boom, touchdown, game over. Uh, man, like... Tom Brady, you know, makes guys careers. Look at Gronk. Look at all these guys. Uh, but, yeah, good on him to say, yeah, why don't we throw it to this guy? Nobody's even going to probably cover them. Boom, let's do it. And they, yeah. they they went on a spectacular play in the end. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's what he does. He's just like, you know what? I don't think I've – hey, you, what's your name again? <laughs> Perriman? Is it Perriman? Anyways, I'm going to pass you the ball. <laughs> Catch it. Uh, okay, you got it, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt, no doubt at all. That was his 700th passing touchdown of his career. <laughs> wow. That is that is so ridiculous. That that number that you just said, 700. Nope. Okay, so no other quarterback's going to get there. Okay. They, no. <laughs> these are these are these are now records that are just going to stand for like the next. I don't know, a couple decades, yeah. decades. The other thing that blew me away that I heard a stat on, on Sunday was Tom Brady has thrown the most passes in the NFL this year at 46 years old. And he's been sacked the least and he doesn't even, he can't even run. So <laughs> obviously they got an amazing offensive line and he knows how to get rid of the ball to his weapons the most passes and the least sacks, like that's a recipe for success. Yes, it is. And and like you, you just said, he's the oldest quarterback out there. By Period. far, by, by years. Far. years. Years and years and years. Yeah. Years by and years. Like no. the man has a golden arm that just won't quit. Everybody else's arm gets used up at some point, but this guy's like, arm's still good. <laughs> Probably could just pass with my left too if I wanted to. Won't. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, uh, that was his tenth touchdown. Oh, when he ran uh, the ball, uh, he ran the ball in for a touchdown. That tied Jerry Rice for the most touchdowns scored after tur- turning forty years old. So, uh, Jerry Rice, another Jerry Rice record, has gone by the wayside to the old goat to the new goat. And um, yeah, look out, uh, look out, people! Uh, the Bucks are firing on all cylinders and. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, e- easily they could repeat uh, as Super Bowl champions again. Yeah, 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 well, and he, and he made sure that that all the teammates would come back. He restructured his deal, made sure that it was uh, better so that everybody else could get their deals done. And then everybody's like, well, Brilliant. Tom's coming back. So, you know, I guess I'm good. Yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, they that must have been great for that general manager, man. That must have been the best offseason of his life. Just holy cow. I'm the defending Super Bowl champions and every guy's willing to sign. Oh my God. That's probably never happened to a championship team in the history of sports, really. Probably not. But I know that he's probably just smoking a huge stogie going, ah, man, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was not hard at all. That was super easy. Amazing. <laughs> yep. Okay, the other uh, division leader right now in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. 
uh, and they were absolutely dominating Washington. Uh, they were up 24 nothing, and uh, they let Washington come all the way back, uh, make it an interesting game. But uh, Dallas is still rocking along, eight and four, uh, three game lead in their division, looking like they easily are gonna take that division and uh, just did enough to win. Um, the only thing that I can say about this game was Mike McCarthy guaranteed a win and it put a lot of pressure on him and the team. And Jerry Jones decided to fly in all the Dallas Cowboys benches into Washington with their logos all over it just to, I don't know, just be Jerry and, and sort of say, no, your benches suck. Get them out of here. We're bringing our own benches in for our players. And uh, kind of a snub. And uh, I had never seen a, an owner do that, but uh, he that's what he did. Yeah, that's what he did. And well, Jerry's going to do Jerry stuff like that. And you know what? If you're going to do that or show up any organization, I think that's an easy one to do with Washington, with all the stuff that's going on with their their organization at this point in time. I'm sure they were just like, you know what? You're right. Our benches do suck. You should bring your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably would have asked them. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, we, we got crappy ones. Go ahead. Bring them. Yeah, we don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't mind. We're okay. We're okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, are you thinking Dallas, you know, can compete with these upper echelon teams that we've already talked about? I think they can. I think they can, but like, um, they they have to play at their best yeah. to compete with them. Like, if they if they have any drop off or any fallout from any of their top players offensively, they can't win. Right. They can't win. You know, like, so they need all hands on deck, so to speak. The uh, Washington actually sits in the seventh uh, position in the wild card right now, but lots of teams uh, are same record as them, chasing them in the hunt. I don't know. Uh, Taylor Heineke got hurt. Don't know the severity yet. Kyle Allen had to come in and do mop-up duty. Um, they're, they're lacking in a lot of areas, so I don't really expect them to be there at the end, but, uh, yeah, they've fallen into – the seventh position. Uh, the last team in the NFC that's in a playoff position currently is the San Francisco 49ers, and they had a phenomenal win. It was a really, really, really fun game to watch. I loved it a lot. Uh, Jimmy G ended up having a great game, came through in the end. George Kittle was uh, his weapon, 13 catches a game, and uh, big, big, big win, 26-23 uh, over the Bengals. Um, yeah, the Niners looked really good. I was, uh, I love this game. One of, one of my favorite games of the weekend to watch. Yeah. Great game. Great game. Uh, Garoppolo played well, 27, 41, 296 yards and two TDs, but you know, who had a horrible game, Darius Phillips for the Bengals, <laughs> two muff punts directly led to 10 points yeah. from the 49ers, which ultimately cost the Bengals the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, yeah, the one just hit him right in the face mask. He couldn't even, yeah, he was up a little bit too much and boom. Yeah. And the other one, he just fully muffed and uh, yeah, not, not a good performance. I don't think we'll see him uh, returning punts next week uh, directly loop uh, contributing to a big loss for the Bengals. Cause that, that hurts their playoff chances. Um, Brendan Ayuk, that, uh, 
game-winning touchdown was masterful, tiptoeing along the sideline and diving in. Uh, really good play. This guy's a great player, and that was a huge walk-off moment. Even though it took a few minutes to review, uh, that was the, the game-winning score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, got, they got two studs in Ayuk and Samuel. Uh, like they, the 49ers have some two studs there that they should never let go. Yeah. They should continue to keep paying those, those men money. Yeah. Because they, those guys are awesome. They're using uh, Samuel quite a bit in the, in the backfield now, uh, eight carries 37 yards and a touchdown there. And uh, yeah. And, and like I said, Kittle 13 catches 151 yards and a touchdown, man, he is, he's got sure hands. Like, you throw it up for that guy, and he's bringing it down. Yeah, yeah. Like, he he reminds me a little bit of Gronkowski. Like, he's just sure-handed. You, you get it anywhere in his airspace, he's going to come down with the football. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow had a phenomenal game. Uh, Cincinnati, fun to watch. Uh, really up-and-coming team. Maybe not, you know, quite yet uh, putting all the pieces together, but but fun to watch. Uh, I, you know, I, I like Burrow, and I think – uh, his combination of him and Jamar Chase, uh, former college teammates, uh, he throws it up for Jamar. He's another guy that's bringing it down and in a spectacular fashion. Yeah, yeah, like uh, that that combination of uh, quarterback and receiver, Jamar and Burroughs, is going to be something that we're going to be astounded by for years to come. Like they're they're just fantastic dynamic duo to watch play yeah. the game. I agree. Okay, let's turn to the AFC quick. Uh, let's uh, talk about the number one team in the conference, uh, New England Patriots. Uh, even though Tom Brady's gone on to better pastures in, in Tampa Bay, uh, New England's uh, number one overall. Um, how shocked is the world that uh, the Patriots are, are the top team in the AFC again after one down year? Well, you should be pretty shocked because there's no way that you would have thought that they could pull off what they've done this year. But uh, the hoodie has worked some magic this year, some serious mojo hoodie magic. And, uh, hey, I guess it wasn't just Tom. I guess he had a little bit of something to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's it's hilarious when – People were saying, no, it was all Brady because he won the Super Bowl this last year. And I'm like, no, no, you guys are forgetting. Uh, definitely <laughs> Belichick's the best best uh, coach to ever live. So, you know, don't count those guys out already. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous that you're that you're saying it was all Brady. No, it was not. No, no, it, it absolutely was not. And it, he's he's proven it. He's proven he's proving it right now as we speak. He's proving it. Uh, Patriots play the Colts and uh, on Saturday, we've got a couple Saturday matchups uh, this coming week. Uh, the Raiders play the Browns in the uh, early afternoon window, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern. And the Patriots play the Colts on the, the Saturday nighter, uh, 5.20 kickoff there. So that'll be fun to watch, I'm sure. Uh, Tennessee got amazing news. They're our second seed in the AFC. Derrick Henry will be back for the playoffs, they say. Oh, how? What? Yeah. Like, that, that doesn't even make any sense. I know that 
he can heal quickly, but he's not Wolverine. Like, what What the yeah, heck is no, going on? No, he's Wolverine. He's Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, yeah. they, they said for sure that he would be out for the rest of the season. Yeah. rest of the year. Yeah. And for him to actually be able to come back and play is, uh, wow, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Amazing. I'm overjoyed. I'm overjoyed for the team, but I'm super shocked. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. So great and good for them. Uh, you know, they, they've definitely had been decimated with injuries and, you know, he's their, he's their star and uh, great for them. It uh, shakes up the whole AFC and if they can keep, keep it up. Uh, yeah. Look out. Uh, yeah. And he'll be rested as well. So uh, mm. yeah, I think he's going to be seeing the ball about 30 to 40 times a game. Uh, if he can make it back for these playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. He's they're they're going to feed the beast, that's for sure. And if he can uh, perform like he was performing before he left with the injury, then uh, Tennessee is going to be very, very tough to handle. Yeah. Uh, okay, Kansas City uh, rocking right now. Just have uh, been able to come on like gangbusters. Uh, absolutely blew out the Raiders, forty-eight to nine. Third straight game, they've only allowed nine points. Uh, in the first seven games of the season, they averaged about 29 points a game they were allowing, and now it's down to about 10 points a game the last six. Uh, but the the story that everyone's talking about is, for some dumb reason, the dumb Raiders decided to go and dance on the logo pregame, and um, the very first play of the game, Josh Jacobs stripped the ball, fumble. Uh, picked up six points the other way, uh, and it just did not get even any better for the Raiders the whole entire game. Uh, I don't know who is the culprit that said, let's go to the logo and, and dance here, but uh, obviously what a horrific move, and the Chiefs uh, made him pay for it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just whenever – anybody goes and dances on the logo or disrespects the logo. It usually never goes well for that said team. It just, it just doesn't. So why, why poke the bear and why poke the chiefs, especially when they're rolling yeah. right now, they're the winning games. Like if you're just asking for them to just go, wow, okay, well, we're just going to do an offensive explosion and going to blow you out and we're going to embarrass you, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs turned their season around when they made a trade and got Melvin Ingram. Uh, around the same time, Chris Jones came back from injury. And, man, has that defensive line just been almost impenetrable. And just, holy cow, they've turned the fortunes around. Uh, the, the Chiefs had such a bad start, two and four. They've, lost, they've won six in a row now. And they're just awesome on both sides of the ball. And, you know, we're, we're seeing a collision course again. Tampa and Kansas City, uh, could it be for a third year in a row? Possibly. Possibly. I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. Um, and if it does happen, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Mahomes is going to be like, well, last time I did everything superhumanly possible. Couldn't do it. Hopefully this time my teammates helped me out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh so many weapons on KC. Uh no, nobody had a phenomenal, phenomenal night, but uh they ran the ball quite a bit, uh, gave the 
gave running place to so many backs, so many guys out there. And uh, yeah, another big win, nine and four and uh, looking like the front runners in that division now. Uh, Baltimore also leads their division, but we're dealt a massive blow. Lamar Jackson was taken out, uh, hurt with a, a bad sprained ankle. Um, it was not good. Uh, he, it was on a sack that he was trying to avoid. It wasn't when he was out trying to run like he does, but, um, yeah, they're, they're dealt a massive blow. If he's out anytime, uh, the rest of that AFC North is, is gonna, you know, probably pass them if he's gone for a, a game or two. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it was a bad, it's bad injury, um, uh, because they need, they need Lamar Jackson if they, if they want to go forward in the playoffs or do any sort of damage, so to speak, uh, it was a shame because of just the way, even the nature of how he got, uh, how he got hurt. It was, it was kind of, you know, your, your, your same pedestrian. Okay. He got sacked, whatever. But then just the way that his ankle kind of folded up on him. No, no good. No good. They were tough. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Huntley came in and played pretty well, uh, but uh, he's little Lamar Jackson and, and they lost to the Browns, a big divisional 24, 22 loss. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll keep on top of what's happening there and and see if he can come back. Uh, good on Baltimore, but if not, uh, look out. Uh, the Browns are going to chase him down. The uh, Bengals are going after them. Even the Steelers. So uh, we'll see how it shakes down. Uh, the wild card is uh, right now the Chargers. Uh, there was a throw yesterday from uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, I think it was in 67 yards to Jalen Guyton. Um, what an arm. It just, it just looked like one of the prettiest passes I've ever seen. And um, man, that guy is an MVP candidate, in my opinion, Austin Eckler and him, uh, two amazing weapons. And uh, there's pretty solid right now in a good wildcard position in the fifth place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they look great. They look great against the giants who, did not look great. They they got uh, they don't <laughs> they got they had this guy back there who's trying to play quarterback Lennon. Yeah, yeah he, he's he, that's nothing that you need to worry about. And I think the Chargers knew that, so they're just yeah. like, okay, I, I think we got this one, boys, and they yeah. sure did. Yeah, Herbert looked fantastic. 23-31, 275, three touchdowns, and uh, yeah, just took it to him, man. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, amazing. Yep. Um, Indy is the only team we haven't mentioned. They're sitting currently in the sixth seed, um, but there's so many teams chasing them. Buffalo's back down in seventh now, but uh, they both sit at seven and six. Also at seven and six are the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Denver Broncos. Um, have to mention Demarius Thomas. Uh, tons of tributes to him. He tragically lost his life at the age of 33 this past week. Uh, supposedly, he had a massive seizure and passed away in his shower. And uh, uh, there was a ton of tributes to him. Uh, one of the best receivers to ever put on the Broncos uniform. And Peyton Manning was there. Lots of old Broncos. A lot of tributes when they scored touchdowns, when they got interceptions. They went and put... Uh, the football on his number, uh, his number was adorned on their helmets and all through the stadium. And 
uh, tragedy losing a guy that had such an amazing career and only 33 years old. Yeah, yeah, it's it is absolute tragedy because uh, it was so unexpected for him to lose his life at such a young age. And uh, it's you, you don't expect anybody of that uh, of that athletic caliber to lose their life over something like that. But uh, it happens. It can happen to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was tough. Uh, yeah, pretty emotional. A lot of these guys and. Uh, look up Demarius Thomas if you haven't seen his statistics. Um, one of the greatest football players to ever live. Had an amazing Super Bowl. Uh, the year they didn't win, the year they did win, he, they didn't use him a lot. But I think he had 13 catches in the, the one Super Bowl. And Peyton Manning was with him a couple of years. Said he's the, one of the greatest players that they ever played with. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that sort of shapes up the whole entire football picture, both NFC, AFC, the top seven teams, and a few of the teams in the hunt. Uh, we've got a phenomenal game on Thursday, Chiefs and Chargers. Man, I'm looking forward to that one. I think that's going to be an offensive shootout. Uh, as I said, the two games on Saturday, and uh, a lot of great games on Sunday as well. And starting to get down to the nitty-gritty, uh, we are you know, going to have week 15 upon us already. Uh, uh, can you believe it? No, I cannot. I cannot. It, it, it has gone by so fast, so fast. And here we are again, about to enter the playoffs and uh, see some playoff magic and uh, see who can rise to the as a cream of the crop, so to speak, in the playoffs. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to these last couple of weeks. And, and then as we head into the playoffs and see what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. Okay, man. Well, uh, that covers the NFL. Uh, we just need to just touch a little bit on the NBA. Steph Curry was going for the NBA three-point record tonight. And what do you say? Did, did he get it? Uh, I don't think he got it. Did he get it? One short. Yeah, he didn't One get it. One three-pointer short. Five three-pointers tonight in Golden State's 102-100 victory over the Indiana Pacers. Uh, he falls one short of tying Ray Allen for the most three-pointers of all time. And last week, I predicted that he was going to do it in Madison Square Garden. And guess where he's going to do it tomorrow night? Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Uh, the Mecca, the most famous arena on the planet. Uh, the, it's kind of aligned if he's not going to do it at home. He might as well do it there. Uh, the anticipation tonight on him getting it was sort of made even the Indiana fans just like, who cares who wins? Just, I want to see Curry get this record. Uh, everybody didn't even put their phone in their pocket. They were just waiting for Curry to score, and he just he just fell one shy. Uh, so he could do it, and I think it was, it was predestined that he was going to do it uh, in New York at Madison Square Garden. Well, once he does do it, regardless of when, like, obviously, you know what? He's going to do it in Madison Square Garden. I wonder how much is that basketball going to be worth? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's taking that basketball home, right? Yeah. That's his yeah. now. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, did you hear how much uh, Bill Russell's memorabilia fetched? Okay. Shaq said on TV 
that nobody was going to outbid him for his 11 uh, championship rings. Yeah. Did Shaq get the 11 rings? Well, I guess at the time, um, I don't know if anybody said to Shaq that his 11 rings were up for auction, but uh, maybe he assumed, maybe somebody made a mistake, but only two of his rings were actually up for auction. His first and his last. And uh, nobody said that Shaq got the bids, but Shaq said, nobody will outbid me. So I would say guaranteed they're in his possession. And uh, he got the first and last. Uh, $7.4 million was raised for charity from the auction for all the other items that were, were put up there. And uh, yeah, Bill Russell has been just a, a phenomenal philanthropist and amazing social activist and this is another example of a guy that never made a huge amount of money playing the sport but still being able to give back millions and millions and millions of dollars to the charities and um, uh, just an awesome move and uh, yeah really cool to see that it fetched that much money yeah it's just great to see that a person of his caliber was willing to do that uh, to further uh, whatever, uh, charity that he he, wa- he wanted to support, and it's just it's just a testament to just how great a man that he is, because he is he's, he is that guy. Yeah, he, he is. He's always been that guy. So so fantastic. Great. Yeah, so great. Um, the auction led off with the very last jersey that he ever wore during his NBA career. That was in Game Seven of the '69 NBA Finals against the Lakers. Uh, million that fetched Um, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, His rings were uh, the Boston Celtics championship ring in 57 and 69. Um, The 57 ring came first and it was $705,000, a record price for any basketball related championship ring. And his last championship ring in 69 was $558,125. And uh, yeah, I think Shaq will probably prominently display them uh, tomorrow night when we're watching Steph Curry uh, break the record. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He would do that. He would do that. So I guess then he'll we'll know that if he got him or not. Yeah. We'll, we'll know for sure if he got him or not. Uh, Bill Russell's 87 years old. Um, he also put up all five of his MVP awards and they sold for a combined total of 1.3 million. His 1956 Olympic gold medal was put up uh, $587,500. Uh, just on and on and on and on MVP awards, hall of fame ring, his 50 greatest players ring, um, jerseys, his 20,000th rebound that he got the game ball, uh, got 111,000, his 10,000th point, um, his rookie card sold for $76,000, uh, on and on and on, man. Just uh, holy cow! I would have 
love to be rich that day and being able to uh, get a lot of those items and just put them prominently behind me and and know that they would have been probably the most prized possession that I had ever got in my life. Uh, Lucky Shack, uh, obviously hardworking guy that's made a lot of money, but uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, a lot of uh, really amazing groups uh, were supported. Um, uh, let's see, one's called Mentor, a nonprofit group that connects young people with adults uh, for helping with career opportunities. The Boston Celtics United for Social Justice, uh, the Kobe Bryant um, Foundation that's called the Mamba and Mambasita. Um, so many of them benefited from this selfless act. And uh, yeah, I don't know how many people would, uh, you know, win all that and be willing to part with it and not pass it on to your family. Uh, um, incredible, just an incredible, amazing move by Bill Russell. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think he, he just, he just sees the bigger picture of what it can provide. Yeah. It's just things, but the money can provide something more. Yeah. So that's why he did it. And, uh, not everybody can do that because not everybody's Bill Russell. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, KD got 51 last night, uh, became the second player in the NBA this year to go over the half century mark. Steph Curry is the only other, um, his first 50 point game in a Nets Jersey. And, uh, man, he was on fire last night. Uh, I watched a lot of that game and, uh, yeah, nobody could stop him at all. Well, you know what it's, it's for KD once he gets going. It's like nobody's there. Like, you know, like it's like, oh, you can try to block my shot. You, won't. <laughs> you can try to, like, you know, make me miss. You won't. Like, and when he's on, he's on. Like, it's, yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Raptors are playing well. Uh, got a big victory tonight. Uh, Rockets are playing really incredibly well. Had a big victory over the Hawks tonight. Um, yeah, really uh, fun. Uh, lots of lots of amazing things to watch in the NBA. Uh, Nets are are first in the East, um, and Chicago's second. But Chicago has been hit by COVID. Uh, nine of their fifteen players on their roster have had to enter COVID protocol, so they've had to cancel or postpone uh, three of the Bulls' games this week until they get healthy and, and back out of it. One of the games was against the Raptors, but uh, sitting second in the, in the East, uh, but uh, nine of their 15 guys in COVID protocol. Pretty tough. Yeah, I guess they went out for dinner. So that happens. Um, you know what? I think this is just one of those things we're just, as fans, we're just going to get used to. And, you know, like that, like the, the organizations that these players play for are going to also get used to it because it's just like, all right, well, that happened. That happened. Okay. We got to reschedule. Yeah. Uh, the other team that I wanted to mention out of the East is the Cavs. Uh, they've won four in a row and uh, they're looking phenomenal. Um, they've been able to assemble a roster that not a lot of people had big high hopes for, but uh, looking great and uh, yeah, really solidifying themselves as a force in the, in the East playing better than anybody thought they would at this point in time. 
uh, playing. Yeah, they're playing very well. Um, and they're playing even with the fact that I think they're missing their point guard, Colin Sexton. I believe he's out with an injury. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing well and that, and hopefully they can continue to keep playing well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, turn to the West. Uh, the Suns are playing right now. Uh, they're, they're facing the Clippers. Uh, that's a fun game. We're going to, I'm going to have that on in the background in a sec. Uh, Warriors are sitting second, um, basically dead heat. Uh, Suns are 21 and fours. Warriors are 22 and five. Uh, actually the top nine teams in the West are, uh, coming off wins and, uh, Looking strong. It's starting to separate the, the haves from the have-nots. Um, Jazz, Grizzlies, Clippers, Lakers, Mavs, and Nuggets are all uh, really solidified in uh, playing good basketball. Uh, and the, the Rockets, uh, they went from 1-17 and 17 to now 9-18. and 18. They've won eight out of their last nine. Don't know how they've been able to pull this off, but um man they are uh yeah they're just shocking the world they they had such a horrible start that it might be impossible to catch all the way back up but uh yeah uh, winning eight out of nine after only winning one of your first 18 that's crazy yeah that's unexpected for sure but uh you know like they're they're a young team so they 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 have a very short memory for these things when it comes to the games. They just they just go into the next game and then they play it. Play to win, they play hard. And uh look lo and behold, they won eight out of nine. Yeah. And now the Pistons are the whipping uh boys of the, of the NBA and the NFL. Detroit is uh one uh, worst team in the NFL, worst team in the NBA, 12 losses in a row, four and twenty-two on the year. And uh it's not good to be a Detroit fan these days. No, no, it's not. You know, like the the city doesn't look good. Teams are not very good. Nothing's good in no. Detroit. <laughs> Nothing. Make sure you set your PVR Warriors game tomorrow. Knicks. Uh, we're gonna get to see the all-time record. Hopefully, Ray Allen's there. Hopefully, they were smart enough to fly him in, and uh, he can pass the torch to Steph. And uh, Steph might just take that torch and put it in a lock box and it'll go up on auction when he's 87 and it'll uh, get, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And um, yeah, push that record to a spot where maybe nobody touches it, but I don't think he'll, he'll put it out of reach. Uh, I think the game's changing. I think we're going to see somebody average seven, eight, nine, tens of three, a game, and, uh, you know, we're going to see six, seven, eight hundred threes from a guy eventually in a season. And, uh, yeah, they'll they'll pass Steph. But right now, Steph's going to kind of have that for a few years. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to have it for a while. He's going to have it for a while. And the thing that's always amazed me is that I think Ray Allen got that record in thirteen hundred games. And Steph is going to do it. I believe in 789 or 790. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Fun to watch. Uh, I've just been loving watching the Warriors. Uh, Steph's entire career, but especially this season. Uh, nice to see them come back. And he's such a force. And uh, yeah, it looks like 
he is definitely one of the front runners for MVP, third MVP, uh, three championships, and uh, yeah, solidifying a Hall of Fame career, uh, going down as the greatest shooter of all time. And it'll be neat because uh, they'll do a really cool tribute there, I'm sure, at MSG. And, uh, you know, we're going to see a ton of stuff. There's things on the NBA network as we speak about Steph Curry and the brilliance of him and his career. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that it's happening and we're going to get witness it on national TV tomorrow. TNT. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I know. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that we don't do what we did today and work <laughs> forever. So we can come home and enjoy the game. So fingers crossed on that. Fingers crossed, but uh, we shall see. Okay, man. We both are super tired. It's time to call it a night. Thanks so much. As always, this was fun. Uh, We'll take a couple week uh, break and we'll uh, reconvene on this in the new year. Um, Thanks so much. It's been great. I'm glad we just uh, decided every Monday we were doing this and uh man it's just been so fun so enjoyable like i love talking sports with you and and all my listeners and viewers uh you know all always say great comments about all the fun and great insight that you bring and uh yeah happy holidays to you i know we're gonna see each other a bit this week but no more on the podcast for 2021 so um yeah thanks for an amazing year man cheers no thank you for having me thank you for bringing me into this and uh it's 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 been always enjoyable always enjoyable i look forward to these mondays i look forward to our talks and i look forward to more talks in the new year great okay man all right well yeah get some sleep see you tomorrow and uh yeah let's uh let's have a let's have a short week like let's uh, send us home tomorrow at like five yeah so we can watch the game live come on I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Cheers. Good night. All right. Good night. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Another great podcast as always. Um, Fun. Uh, Man, I've had a great year with Jason. We've done, um, I guess, like 50 podcasts. Wow. Wow. this year and um, it's been well maybe not quite 50 but maybe close yeah it must be close um had a great weekend with him watching fights and then great to break it down in front of you guys uh thanks as always to everyone that helps uh, put this together uh thanks to our partners and sponsors anchor.fm the easiest place to make a podcast you can do uh what jason and i do here it's so much fun it really enriches our lives uh, we've got um, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader on in technology, performance and value. And, you know, B350 stick, get it in your hands. Uh, Pampas and possibilities, lots of possibilities. Pampas, 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 get it in your house. They will set you up. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company, uh, phenomenal products for health and beauty. Aloe vera is amazing. So, uh, purchase products on our website. Go to our website, completesportsmedia.com, and our parent site, completemedianetwork.com. Tons of great stuff there. Go there every day. There's going to be things that you'll enjoy. I promise. I promise. I promise. So, okay. Uh, that's it for me for the year from the Complete Sports Media podcast. Love you guys lots. Thanks so much for all your support. Can't wait to see you again in 2022. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Love you.
Bye for now.